this week on Cinematic Sound Radio. We look back on the past year of film, TV, and video game scores as we present my 10 favorite scores of 2016. Since 1996, this is Cinematic Sound. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the program. My name is Eric Woods. I'm coming to you from Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. Hello to all of our listeners at WROG Radio, Pod Tyrant, CinematicSound.net, and through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or wherever you are listening to the show around the world. It's great to have you on board. If you're listening to this program through iTunes, then please take the time to rate and review the show. I greatly appreciate it. Today we're featuring part two of the two-part series dedicated to my favorite scores of 2016. We presented part one for you last week. If you haven't listened to that show, I highly recommend you listen to that program first before you listen to this one. As I said last week, I'm sure your list of your favorite scores of 2016 is very different than mine. Never expect anyone's favorites to mirror my own, so I offer you the chance to put me in my place, please. If you liked something that wasn't on this list, then feel free to either contact me or write in the comments section at cinematicsound.net with the scores that I might have left off my own list. So let's get into our top 10 of 2016, starting with number 10. Number 10 comes from the tender and surprising score by composer Laurent Perez de Mar for the impressive Japanese French animated film by Michael the Duke de Witt called The Red Turtle and this was his feature film debut. The Red Turtle tells the story of a man who tries to escape from a desert island and battles a giant turtle. The film which has no dialogue follows the major life stages of a castaway on a deserted tropic island populated by turtles, crabs, and birds. In the absence of dialogue, composer Perez Del Mar's music is naturally the most important voice in the film. The score is beautiful, lush, whimsical, and like the artist from a few years ago, carries the film, which makes the music one of the most important aspects of the film. And if the score fails, so does the film. Unfortunately, the score is dynamite. The score features Ennio Morricone-esque wordless vocals, soaring themes, forceful dramatic music, and youthful exuberance. The film is getting positive reviews. So happy that it got an Academy Award nomination. I was hoping the score would as well. And I was hoping that the score would as well, because again, like I said, without the score, the film wouldn't have been as great. It's one of the finest scores of the year, which is performed by the Macedonian Radio Symphony Orchestra under the baton of Oleg Kondratenko. And now music for my number 10 score of 2016. This is The Red Turtle, with original score composed by Laurent Perez Delmar. 
In at number nine is one of the biggest, most popular films of the year. It's one of the most anticipated films of the year as well. Rogue One, a Star Wars story directed by Gareth Edwards. This was a Star Wars film that is a standalone sequel to Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, released in 2005, and was a prequel to the original Star Wars, A New Hope, released in 1977, and basically it ends right when that first film begins, so it's not really a standalone film. The original score for the film was actually supposed to be composed by Alexander Desplat. He got a, a few weeks into the composing process and then was uh, let go, and that's what we're supposed to believe. Michael Giacchino was brought in with four and a half weeks left to write the score. And what he managed to produce in that time is nothing but Herculean. It's spectacular. He had the time to come up with four major new motifs, as well as incorporating snippets and cameos from the previous existing themes by composer John Williams, like the Death Star motif, the Imperial motif from Star Wars, and the Imperial March from The Empire Strikes Back. The Rebel fanfare is present, as is uh, Luke's or the Star Wars main theme. A lot of these cameos are quite clever. There's lots of action in this score, a lot of big spine-tingling emotional cues as well, like one of my favorite cues of the year called The Confrontation on Edu. And then at the end of the movie, Zucchino just pours it on with a, a brilliant choral, gigantic epic set piece for uh, one of the most memorable aspects of the film, and that is uh, Darth Vader laying waste to uh, numerous rebel soldiers. The unfortunate things in the score, however, is the Rogue One logo when that pops up on the screen, scored by Michael Giacchino with his new Hope theme. That sort of sounds like the Star Wars theme, but really isn't the Star Wars theme, and it really takes you out of the picture at that moment because you're wondering what in the world did I just hear for the rebel fanfare or the star Wars main theme there would have been just perfect. But Giacchino's theme at that point was quite jarring. Giacchino's theme works better later on in the score and especially integrated with uh, Jin Orso's uh, main theme. And uh, speaking of that, her theme is one of the four new themes, which is Jin's theme, the hope theme, a new Imperial theme, and the Guardians of the Wills theme. Three of those themes, along with the Hope theme and Jin's theme, get wonderful concert arrangements at the end of the album. What I really like about this score is that it's clearly a Michael Giacchino score. His distinct voice is all over it, but he also wasn't afraid to use the musical blueprint that John Williams had already established over the course of seven films. And the wonderful cameos and familiar themes makes this a perfect blend of new and old and gives Rogue One its own distinct musical voice. It's really great stuff, and I'm very happy to have it in as my ninth favorite score of 2016. This is Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Music by Michael Giacchino.
In at number eight is music from my favorite video game score of the year, and it was released last month. And I only got to hear the soundtrack a few weeks ago, but it absolutely blew my mind. The game is called The Dwarfs, with original score composed by Benny Auschmann. The game is a fantasy tactical role-playing game. While you play the game, you must find your way through various maze-like medieval environments while battling a variety of monsters using a wide array of weapons. It's actually based on a novel. Uh, the game was actually campaigned on a Kickstarter. It raised $300,000 for development of the game through 2015 and 2016. And as I said, the game was released in December of 2016. The score for the game was written by German-born composer Benny Auschmann, who is also a trumpet and piano player and has performed in various orchestras around the world. He's actually a classically trained composer as well. He's written music for some very successful video games, including the Book of Unwritten Tales 1 and 2, as well as music for Angry Birds. While the developers never reached the stretch goal that would have allowed them a big enough budget to record the entire original soundtrack with an orchestra, they still recorded key set pieces with the Budapest Art Orchestra and the Budapest Art Choir. This is a large-scale, multi-thematic score that tips its cap to the great fantasy adventure scores of the past. Think Conan the Barbarian. There are marches, gentle love themes written for classical guitar, light comedic cues, ferocious action material, big orchestral climaxes, and it's all brilliantly orchestrated by the composer himself. In the past few weeks, I've listened to a half a dozen cues that the man has written that aren't from this game, and he is ridiculously talented. I highly recommend you look up a cue that he had performed and recorded by the Hollywood Symphony Orchestra called Big Flight in a Big Balloon. It'll bring back memories of those great 80s adventure scores that we all remember so fondly. The guy is just, the guy is, Auschmann is absolutely fantastic, and I am so proud to be premiering his music on this show for the very first time in this countdown. As I said, this is hands down my favorite game score of the year. Sorry to Austin Wintry. You had this spot for most of the year, and Abzu is still brilliant and made my top 20. Here now is music from the game The Dwarfs, featuring original score by Benny Auschmann, featuring the Budapest Art Orchestra and Budapest Art Choir, beautifully mixed by Peter Fox. Thank you. 
In at number seven comes music from Walt Disney's Pete's Dragon, with original score composed by Daniel Hart. Of course, this film is a remake of the 1977 musical of the same name. I saw this film a couple of months ago, and I really enjoyed it for what it was. It was just a classic Disney family story. Uh, a few terrifying moments for the kids. My youngest daughter, she's seven, had uh, some issues with the capture of the dragon in the middle of the picture, but it's a, it's a wonderful adventure story. kind of reminded me of E.T. Light. And I would say that composer Daniel Hart sort of felt the same way about the film's subject matter and its connection to E.T. The score that Hart wrote is sweeping, deeply emotional, wonderfully crafted. It's lyrical, which was clearly inspired in portions by not only John Williams, but James Horner's greatest moments. And... What this score did in the middle of 2016 was get us out of the doldrums of the dark and utterly disappointing summer movie season. Now, Daniel Hart is a Texas-born multi-instrumental composer and performer, and this score is what I hope is going to really give him his big break in Hollywood. I hope more producers and directors choose Daniel Hart to work on their projects. On top of all of the wonderful adjectives I've used already, the score also is very rich, at times soaring. There's a couple of great flying sequences in this film, and it seems like flying sequences always inspire the best and bring out the best in composers. Hart clearly wore his heart on his sleeve with this one, no pun intended. So nice to hear such profoundly emotive music in film these days. So for a brief moment over the summer movie season, Hollywood was out of the darkness and was shown the light by one of its most gifted upcoming composer. This is music by Daniel Hart for Pete's Dragon, our number seven score of 2016.
In at number six is music from The Monkey King 2, with original score composed by Christopher Young. Christopher Young wrote music for the first film last year, which was just an absolute masterpiece, and Young was brought back to score the sequel. In returning to this series, Chris Young brings along all of those wonderful themes that he wrote for The Monkey King and composes a truckload of new themes for this sequel. And I mentioned this earlier on in the year, that if he scores the third film in the series, which I'm assuming there is going to be a third film, then these scores, these handful of scores that Young has written, might go down as one of the greatest set of fantasy film scores the world has ever heard, but really didn't know about. Now, all the way through the writing process, Chris Young kept on thinking to himself how he was going to top the first one. And now the major difference between this new film and the first was that the first film took place in heaven, where in the sequel, this would take place on Earth. In the liner notes of Entrada's album, Young mentions that the director talked about the need for music to address the emotional voyage that these characters take. The material Young crafted is far more gushingly romantic due to the major characters' commitment to each other and to the concepts of loyalty, devotion, and surrender that are in this film. There's plenty of darkness as well. Most of that music is surrounded by the dark demon. And if there is anyone that can do dark music justice, it's Christopher Young. Then, of course, there's exciting action material, which fits perfectly with the fantasy aspects of this film. And there are plenty of other character themes and beautiful moments all wrapped up in 12 dazzling suites that play more like a symphonic suite or a concert work than a film score on album. And this was done on purpose by Young who is continually dedicated to finding the best listening experience for his film scores on CD. This is one of the very best scores of the year, folks, featuring an Air Who performance by Karen Hans, alongside the talented musicians of the Slovak National Symphony Orchestra and Lucinda Chorus, beautifully recorded by the extremely talented Peter Fox. We mentioned his name on the program already today. He's one of the best recording engineers in the game. So if you have any CD with his name on it, that means it's going to sound incredible. Here now, our number six score of 2016, Christopher Young's The Monkey King 2.
We are now in our top five of 2016, and in at number five is music from Gods of Egypt, the original score composed by Marco Beltrami. This film was directed by Alex Proyas, and pretty much crashed and burned at the box office and with critics as well. It's a terrible movie. That's inspired by the classic mythology of Egypt. Thank goodness the score is something to talk about. It's a dazzling score composed by Marco Beltrami, who has collaborated with Alex Proyas before on Knowing and iRobot. Beltrami wrote over two and a half hours of music for the film. It was the biggest score project he had ever taken on. Beltrami started working on the project quite early on researching music and the right sounds that he would employ in the score. He and Proyas watched countless films together to better reflect the area and sensibility they were going for and watch such movies as Rage of the Lost Ark and Lawrence of Arabia, just to mention a few. And I would bet that the Mummy series of films were in there as well, as this score bears quite a striking resemblance to Goldsmith and Alan Silvestri's efforts from that series. Daltrami spent an entire month just on mixing the score, and it sounds great. The film, no matter how bad, really let Beltrami spread his wings a bit as a composer. Not since Hellboy has Beltrami written such a thick, multi-layer score with multiple, fully developed motifs like this one. It's a spectacular, thematic, old-fashioned Hollywood large-scale action-adventure score. It's one of the year's best. It's in at number five. This is Gods of Egypt by Marco Beltrami.
In at number four is music from 10 Cloverfield Lane by Bear McCreary. This film is a spiritual successor to 2008's Cloverfield, the beloved science fiction monster horror film produced by J.J. Abrams. Composer Bear McCreary was actually hired on to score the film two years before the film's release, and even before casting was finalized. With their blessing, McCreary went full steam ahead, assembling four different ensembles for the score, a traditional 90-piece orchestra, a smaller 45-piece string ensemble, a group of 30 celli and 8 bass, and a string quartet, known as the Calder Quartet. He combined these performances with two unusual instruments, the Yaili Tambor and the Blaster Beam. The Blaster Beam is an experimental instrument built and played by Craig Huxley, best known for its use in Jerry Goldsmith's score for Star Trek The Motion Picture. McCreary reached out to Huxley and was invited to explore the instrument for his score. The Bernard Herrmann Escort delighted not only film music fans like myself, but also critics. When the film was released in early 2016, reviews were more than happy to praise the score, as well as write feature articles on McCreary's work and career. With the film's success at the box office, one could only hope that this is finally the ticket McCreary's been waiting for to move on from TV and start scoring larger, more cinematic fare. Goodness knows, he deserves it. And now, our number four score of 2016. This is 10 Cloverfield Lane, with music composed by Bear McCreary.
In at number three is music from the Italian film Dark Waves, with original score by Alexander Shimini. This is an Italian-produced fantasy horror movie, which was actually screened in November of 2015, however, never received a wider release until August of 2016, when it made its debut on home video in Canada and the United States. Shimini is a superb composer. And after hearing Dark Waves, uh, no one should be surprised on its quality after hearing his magnificent work on Red Crocodile in 2012. The colorful score that Shimini wrote is deeply emotive and just so well written, featuring solo vocals, almost ripped right out of Ennio Morricone's imagination, along with glorious violin and cello performances, all backed by some of the most exquisite orchestral writing you'll hear in 2016. The album plays like a beautiful opera or symphony. The music paints clear pictures in your mind. This is what good composers do, and I'm excited that there are directors out there like Domiziano Cristofaro that allow this kind of lyrical writing to be present in their films. Directors like this aren't afraid to let their scores help tell the story and or stand out. While I haven't seen the movie, you can just tell by listening to this that it plays a very important role in the film's narrative. I've listened to this score numerous times. It's a fantastic work. And again, a big thanks goes out to Kronos Records, another small, small label, for having the guts to get this one out. I really hope that everyone, every film-scored lover, goes out and supports Alexander Shimini and Kronos Records by purchasing this album it's right up there with uh, some of the best music written in the past five or ten years. It is absolutely glorious, glorious music. And now, our number three score of 2016. This is Dark Waves, with original score composed by Alexander Shimini.
We have two more scores left to play for you, and I'm just going to say this right now, that the next two are pretty much neck and neck. They are a 1A and 1B. They are tied for for number one, but I had to pick one over the other, and it really killed me to do this. I think it's just for the placement of, of the order of, of, of my list when I eventually publish it in the next few days. So we're going to start with number two. Basically, our 1B of 2016, and it comes from just a crazy weird movie that I love so much. It's Swiss Army Man, with original score composed by Andy Hull and Robert McDowell. This film tells the story of a hopeless man stranded in the wilderness. He befriends a dead body, and together they go on a surreal journey to get home. The emotions of this movie, it's all over the place. And that becomes very difficult for a film composer to wrap their head around because if you have so many different emotions, whether it's absurd, witty comedy to deeply emotional or profound scenes, it's, it's tough to make something that is a cohesive whole. So the directors challenged composers Andy Hull and Robert McDowell to write a score using the protagonist's limited resources as a guide. And that sound would bring everything together, all of those emotions. They were charged with writing a score using only sounds that either existed in the natural environment that characters Manny and Hank found themselves in, or sounds that the body could make for the bulk of the story. The score is almost exclusively minimalist and a cappella until it erupts into a traditional orchestration for the film's final scene. Andy Hull handled the vocals, as he has great command of both melody and harmony. The score is made up of mostly the vocals, with percussive elements propelling the score forward. It gives the score its joyous energy. Lyrics and songs also play a very important role in the film, especially with the cue of the year called Montage, where the lyrics literally tell you exactly what is happening on screen in the montage, it makes no sense away from the film, but in the film it is utterly delightful. It's filled with so much happiness, a carefree attitude, and comedic wit that you can't help but watch what's happening on screen with a big dumb smile on your face while goosebumps raise on your arms. That cue is just great film music, and the directors weren't afraid to let the music take over the film, including major key sequences. The music, as much as the visuals, acting, and dialogue, play an equal part in telling the story. And it's rare these days to see directors trusting their composers in this way. I am utterly shocked that the Academy did not, and I mean the Academy, the Oscars, did not nominate not only this groundbreaking and brilliant film, but that the score or none of the fantastic songs, which play such a key role in the film's narrative, it didn't even get a sniff and it's shameful. Well, we here at Cinematic Sound Radio are here to right that wrong. Here now is our number two score of 2016, Andy Hull and Robert McDowell's superb Swiss Army Man. Mm-hmm. 
We sadly come to the end of yet another edition of Cinematic Sound Radio. I want to thank everyone at W Rock Radio for helping me get this show on the W Rock Radio airwaves. We're, of course, part of the Pod Tyrant network of podcasts, and thanks to everyone at Pod Tyrant for all of their support. Feel free to reach out to Cinematic Sound Radio by emailing me at cinematicsound at yahoo.com. Don't forget to visit cinematicsound.net to hear a bunch of other programming and check us out on iTunes. And if you're listening to the show through iTunes, please rate and review the show. I also want to thank Tim Burden for lending us his voice for all the bumpers and stingers that you hear throughout the program and composer David Cusina for writing Cinematic Sound Radio's intro music. We finally made it to number one, and my favorite score of 2016 was, and I was going to say easily, but it really wasn't easy because it was battling with Swiss Army Man, but it comes from the pen of Finnish composer Panu Altio and his instantly memorable score to the Finnish documentary Tale of a Lake. When I thought about making this best of list, the first thing I had to ask myself is what is the first score that pops into your head when you think of the past year's scores? So in selecting number one, every time I would ask myself that question, Tale of a Lake was first and then Swiss Army Man second. Both of those brilliant works brought me so much happiness over the past 12 months 
and if I was ever in a bind for something to listen to, I would immediately pull out Panu Altio's gorgeous score. Now, four years ago, Movie Score Media released Altio's brilliant Tale of a Forest, which went on to win the International Film Music Critics Association Best Documentary Score Award and was my personal eighth favorite score of 2012. Again, because of Movie Score Media, we get to hear this new gem, Tale of a Lake, which, if it weren't for Mikael Carlson and Movie Score Media, this score probably would have gotten lost in the shuffle. Altio's music to this documentary, which focuses on the world of rivers and the thousands of lakes in Finland with stories ranging from birds, fish, and their spawn to the lives of critically endangered seal pups, is full of adventure, spirit, playfulness, mystery, action, and drama. The gorgeous orchestral score is enhanced by wordless female vocals provided by Johanna Kukela, which adds a wonderful spiritual element to the score that wasn't present in the tale of a forest score. Altio had a wonderful 2016. Not only did he produce my favorite score of the year, this score that we're going to play for you in a minute, but he also wrote one of the best adventure scores of the year called Roly and the Secret of All Time. Check out episode 23 to hear selections from that score. So to end off the program, here is Pano Altio's stunning work from the documentary Tale of a Lake. This is the first time that a documentary score has taken home Cinematic Sound Radio's top prize of favorite score of the year. My name is Eric Woods, and thank you very much for tuning in. And until next time, take care and happy listening.
Thank you for listening to Cinematic Sound Radio. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about the program, please email us at cinematicsound at yahoo.com. Don't forget to check us out at Cinematic Sound at cinematicsound.net on the web, Sound Radio on Twitter, and Cinematic Sound on Facebook. And if you listen to us on iTunes, why don't you take a moment right now to rate the show and write a brief review. All ratings and reviews help us get noticed on iTunes. And don't forget to tell your friends about the program as well. Share this show on your favorite social media network. We really appreciate all the support. And don't forget to check out our affiliates at WRock Radio at WRockRadio.com and PodTyrant at PodTyrant.com.